Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, training where I'm going to be walking you through the action plan. So why is this so important? And why do I call it the incredible power of the action plan? Well, the reason is that without so many people tell you, okay, you should go out there and make a difference, but very few people tell you how. And because we don't have these steps to take, a lot of us have wasted decades being ineffective. And our planet as a whole is in trouble because of that. So I want to introduce you today to the action plan. There's a lot of parts and pieces to it. So we're going to go rather quickly. Um, but uh, I'm excited to give you the overview of this. And one thing before we start is to let you know that although it is, there are a lot of steps and I present them in a sequential um, order, know that they don't really, you're, in real life, you're gonna be jumping back and forth, going into some steps and uh, not into others. Let's see here. Okay, I'm just trying to figure this out. Um, let me leave a little note here. If you are watching this on Facebook and you want to post your comments, then you need to um, enable StreamYard and Facebook to do that. Okay. Um, so anyhow, it's a, it's a very exciting thing. It doesn't happen exactly in the, the order that I'm going to present them, but I'll lay them out in that way. And you know that you can jump back and forth um, to, to make things happen. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and cruise through this and just get going. Um, so, yeah, and if you want more details about this, then if you are, don't already have the book, then definitely pick it up. So the book gives you all the details, the concepts, the background, and the workbook is what you really want to work through when you're um, doing the action plan. And so you start with your hero's journey. This is where you're saying, this is where I started. I went out and had these adventures, these struggles. I figured things out. Now I'm back and I'm ready to share this with the world. Um, next, okay, hold on for a second here. Did this, okay, that's it. I'm not sharing it yet. Let me do that. <laughs> Share screen. Okay, I thought I already did that. Share screen. Screen one. Screen two. Okay. Wow, I like it. All right, so let me get back here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let me get back here and get my the screen up. Hopefully you can see that now. All right, so there we go. So the incredible power of the action plan, I was saying everything is in the book. So you can go to climateactionchallenge.net and find the book there. Um, and I also wanted to say at climateactionchallenge.net under shop, you can also sign up for my weekly coaching program. So if you're like, wow, this is too much for me, then sign up for the program. If you're already in the challenge, great. If you're not already, sign up there, register for the challenge at climateactionchallenge.net. And that way you can get into our portal and access more of the trainings and um, be part of our whole global community. Okay, so first is your hero's journey. This is, as I was saying, this is where you started, what your, your home community was like, 
what was good, what was not so good. You went out, you struggled, you figured things out. Now you're back and you're ready. You're as a leader, you're ready. There's something specific, something unique to you that you can share with people. The next is your personal vision statement. This is so important because what this shows is that this work that you're doing is related to the meaning of your life. So when things get annoying or frustrating, or you're ready to give up, you realize, well, wait, this is actually what my life is all about. So I'm going to figure it out. Um, in the workbook, you can track your progress. This is important. These are things when we check things off on a list, this is what helps us stay motivated. It's not just like you're just wandering around aimlessly. It's like, okay, wait, I got that done. I got this done. This inspires and keeps us on track. The next is your promise to yourself. So you pull all that stuff together and say, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do in 90 days. And I'm making a commitment to myself. These micro commitments, these little yeses to yourself are going to help you make a big impact fast. And that's what we're all about here. Uh, the next exercise, so these are all writing exercises in the book. The next one is called On Your Watch. And, you know, if you're 59 or however old you are, so I'm 59, I can see a lot of things that have degraded massively during my time on the planet. And so I want to get into a position of responsibility and to say, wow, I didn't do a very good job. Our, our generations didn't do a very good job and be clear about that right up front. 2% for life. What this means is that we've been gifted this uh, beautiful opportunity to live on planet Earth. And, uh, you know, what, what better way to give back to Mother Nature than to taking care of her? 2% is three hours per week. So that's what we're saying is that if you're going to do something, commit three hours per week, at least during this 90-day period. Um, but I like to think two hours or three hours per week for life. So that's 2% for life for life. Okay. So next slide. Sorry, let me get this back up here. There we go. Okay, next is your self-care plan. So this work can be very draining and an empty pitcher fills no cups. So for me, I try to get up to the mountains every single week. I wasn't doing that earlier during the pandemic and I started feeling not very great. Um, I also meet with an energy healer. So there's different things that I do around food and fitness. Uh, and it's a constant struggle to for me to take care of myself. So making a self-care plan is important. The next thing is a new lens. I think a lot of the environmental programs have failed because they, they don't take this bigger view. And one of the things that has been illuminated for a lot of people that people weren't thinking about earlier is the racial bias, the injustice, the systemic oppression that is in our cultures, um, not just in the US, but definitely here. Um, and so when we start seeing things like understanding that, that pollution is part of systemic oppression, then we're able to get to more of the root cause rather than just staying superficial. Also, it's about understanding that nature has so much wisdom that our biological elders can teach us so much. 
So humans are a very new species. And so a lot of the things that we do, like extracting minerals from deep down in the earth, using high temperatures, using high pressures, creating toxic chemicals, this is not something that the other species do. Our biological elders are modeling the ways that we can be and should be. And so we can learn from them and take a more humble approach. And indigenous cultures are the carriers of that knowledge. They're the ones that are showing us how to have these relationships with, with nature, with all the other people and, and uh, life on the planet. So that new lens is taking a more humble approach uh, to make sure that we're in line and not just thinking of, oh, let's slap a big technological solution on something when that might not be the best way to go. Um, the next thing, a next writing activity is about green team programs. This is just showing you, you don't have to start from scratch. There's programs out there for green businesses, for green neighborhoods, for faith communities, for school eco clubs for backyard habitats, for pollinators, for really anything that you can think of, urban gardening, you don't have to start from scratch. So go with those green team, research the green team programs um, that are in the book and your and others that you find. The next is coaching for change. What this is about is this understanding that we're not going, our thing is not that we're just gonna go fix things. We're not gonna apply a fix. We're also not going to just teach people. Neither of those really work. What does work is coaching. And so it's like the way that I'm doing things. We're doing a weekly training and having a community and having you set weekly goals. And so this thing, set a weekly goal, report back every week and see how you're doing. That is what is actually going to uh, create that transformation that you seek. Embracing leadership. You know, most of us that get into this, we think somebody else should do it. There's probably somebody else who has more time, more expertise, knows more people in the community. Why don't they do it? I'll just help them. Well, if they haven't done it yet, then it's probably your chance to stand up. And you, if you're seeing it, then you probably are the right person to be to embrace leadership, to take that leadership role. 10 exemplary projects. This is one of the, this is where it gets really fun. Um, so what you want to do in this step, and there's more details about all the stuff that I'm rushing through here in the book and in the workbook. Um, but let's say that you want to start, uh, like Albert is one of our challengers, one of our mentors. He's starting a interfaith community, interracial dialogue initiative. Okay. So what he can do is start by identifying 10 exemplary models of that. So where are there other examples where people are doing interracial dialogue? Where are there other examples? Maybe you can learn something from uh, the LGBTQ community. Where have they had projects, initiatives where they started this dialogue, this intergenerational dialogue, um, maybe dialogues between Democrats and Republicans, or um, maybe the um, the human rights initiative. I can't say the word of after apartheid where people came together and had the discussions where they um, they made peace with each other. These You can look at those different models and see what did they do? How did they do it? How did they get people involved? How did they talk about it? 
when you look at those those identify 10 exemplary models, you become a researcher and find out what are the best practices. So whether you want to do tree planting or community gardens or solar, find out who is excelling in that, study them, go through their programs as much as you can to learn anything that you can that's a takeaway that will help you um, succeed faster. The engagement ladder. Okay, so the engagement ladder, what the engagement ladder is, is um, it's basically, sorry, I'm just gonna change the size of my screen over here so I can see if we have any comments. I don't know how to do that. Okay, maybe I won't be able to see comments while I'm doing this, so I apologize for that. Um, so the engagement ladder, what the engagement ladder is, is, you know, when I was trying to do a project in Niwot by myself, I just was thinking, let's get a recycling center in. I didn't think about that people need individual, they need help with their personal decisions. They need information about how do we recycle? What should I do with this compared to this? Can I recycle toilet paper rolls or file folders or envelopes? with windows, plastic windows, like, what do I do with all this? So people need help on the personal level. Then when they get together as a community, they can do things like get a recycling center in. And then there's the policy level. Well, why do we have so much stuff that's so hard to recycle in the first place? What could we change as far as the policies? So when you're working with your team, thinking about helping people at the personal, community, and policy level, when you focus on the community level, you can do both of those others. Okay, so next up is uh, visioning. So I get a lot of questions about people saying, well, everybody has so many different ideas about what they should do. They're interested in transportation and renewables and, and food security and gardening and everything. I don't even know where to start. And that's actually a good thing because people are realizing that it's a holistic solution that is gonna get you to where you need to be. And so one of the things that you can do is, is visioning and this idea of, can you agree what your community could look like 30 years from now? Would people be walking more? Would there be more local food? What would education look like? What would work look like? Um, what would racial justice look like in your community 30 years from now? So doing that visioning is a way to get out of uh, the, this feeling of comp competing priorities and instead seeing it as all holistic. It's also a way to, to build community around that vision. From that, you can then back up and start working on your team's vision and mission. Most people think, okay, well, I'll figure it out and then I'll start inviting people but it doesn't really work like that. You, what actually happens is that you get an idea and then you start talking to people, inviting them to your meetings and saying, I'm not exactly sure what we should work on. What are you interested in? And it's by having those discussions that you're gonna come together and figure it out. Okay, uh, let's see here. I'm gonna see if I can stop sharing my screen for a second. Okay. Trouble playing the video. Well, I wonder, 
Bill, I'm not sure what's happening with the video or what's going on. Looks like you're able to see my screen. I hope that it works out okay. And later, this will be available on the YouTube channel as well as Facebook. Um, so hopefully you can um, check that out later. All right, so I'm going to keep going here. <laughs> uh, okay. I know I'm cruising through all this, but I wanted to, uh, to give you the full picture of everything all in one fell swoop. Um, okay, so next up, I kind of alluded to this. Next up is the meeting schedule. I recommend that when you're doing this 90-day plan to meet weekly. When you're trying to figure things out, if you meet monthly and then some people can't make it, you're just, you find, you get really frustrated. People get frustrated because they don't know what's going on and they're, they kind of, you kind of lose interest. It's hard to get momentum. So when you're inviting people say, hey, I'm doing this 90 day thing. Can you meet with me weekly for 90 days? And if you can't meet that week, you can still set a goal for yourself. You can still reach out to people, let us know, and we'll, we'll share it with the others. Assessments, this is something super important to do, but I recommend instead of doing a deep, deep, deep dive assessment, which is what most people want to do, and then they get lost and they never complete it. Instead, what you can do is just do a quick assessment. So do about 15 minutes, do an assessment of your community. What's going on? In Denver, hey, we've got so many people moving in. We've got, our population is growing hugely. We have problems getting enough water here. Um, at the same time, those people that are moving in tend to be more, tend to be younger, more concerned about the environment, more into the sharing economy. So you can do things like that pretty quickly. So you don't want to do your community assessment and then your team assessment. Identify who do you have on your team? Who do you need on your team? Getting this kind of clarity is going to help you as you go forward. The next super exciting thing to do is the partner web and the ideal 100 partners list. And so what this is all about is that you are, I want you to see yourself as surrounded by a hundred different partners that need exactly what you're doing. So Bill, for example, is uh, got a kind of a green team going at his faith community. So who are the hundred partners that want a green team at a faith community? Well, maybe it's others in that same faith community that are trying to grow their membership and attract families. So maybe there, if there could be um, more activities, outdoor activities in gardens and tree planting. Um, maybe there's a racial justice group at the church that wants to figure out a way to work together. So maybe focusing on environmental justice would way, be a way to go. Um, maybe there are um, science teachers amongst the, the community that would want to teach people what they know about environmental issues and climate change. Um, if they want to do a community garden, then there's organizations that help with community gardens. If they want to do pollinator-friendly planting, maybe their city is trying to encourage that and could help them. So it, the list goes on and on, and that's what you want to do in this 100 ideal partners list is feel that you are surrounded and start reaching out to everybody. The next is BHAG. So these next two things are kind of uh, two ends of the spectrum. One is to have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Like when I started the Climate Action Challenge, I said, let's get, let's help launch a thousand eco initiatives in 90 days. Okay, we ended up with more like a hundred. 
but still 100 is awesome. And we had no idea of knowing what it was going to be. And 1,000 was exciting, got people interested. And, a thousand, and 100 actually turns out to be a really good number because we tend to know each other. And it's a kind of a manageable number. Um, so start with a big, hairy, audacious goal of what you could do in your community. And, and then at the other end, you want to do a pilot project. So a pilot project says, we don't know what we're going to do. We're probably going to fail to some degree, and we're probably going to learn something. That's perfect. So if you're not sure what you're going to do, hey, let's see if we can try a tree planting. We've never done tree planting. We don't even know where we would do it, but let's see if we can plant 10 trees uh, by the end of the year. Let's see if we can figure it out. You may end up, oh my gosh, maybe we didn't have all the right trees or we didn't have enough volunteers or we had troubles because we forgot to request the dig permit in times we had to delay the thing. That's all fine because that's the point. You don't know what you don't know. So starting with a pilot project is a, is a great way. People don't expect perfection and you can learn a lot doing that. The next is the annual success schedule. Now, when I talk about scheduling and creating an annual plan, a lot of people bristle because they're like, hey, we're just a small group. We're getting going. We don't know what we're doing. Yes, that's exactly right. But think about it that polluters, polluters have a, they are very strategic. They're not only planning one year, they're planning multiple years to, to build more plastic pollution plants. Um, I guess they would just call them plastic uh, container plants, but I'm calling them plastic pollution plants. Extractive industries are, are planning of how they're going to drill and mine. So we need to be on top of our game. If you want to stand up for nature, you need to be more strategic. Our teams need to be more strategic as well. The other thing is annual ha or nature has an annual plan. So there's certain things that work better at different times of the year. There's certain things that are going to work better in your community in September than they would in April. And so understanding, okay, sometimes September in the U.S., that's when people are heading back to school. They want to be in that planning mode. Well, maybe that's when you do your planning for them. Um, maybe around the holidays, people don't want to do anything. So don't plan anything then. Uh, but, you know, in springtime, that would be a great time to do an Earth Day festival or something else. So working on your annual plan is going to help you be more realistic and more effective. The budget triad, what that is, is that as you're planning what you're going to do, you have no idea how much money you, aren't, you are or are not going to have. So what I recommend is doing a three, do budgets at three different points. If you multiply by 20 between each point, that gives you a really big range. So you might do, okay, our first year, maybe we have $750, or maybe we have $15,000, or maybe we have $300,000. And any of those are possible with any team. So by doing this budget triad, you are putting yourself in a position where you're ready for anything. And if any of those things happens, you're going to be okay with it. So this is that idea of releasing, of, of focusing on your effort, but not being so attached to the outcome. Because some of that you're not going to be able to control. You might write grants, you may get funded, you may not. Your team profile is something else 
So whether you want to attract more members for your, uh, you know, your faith community green team, your neighborhood green team, or you want to be able to, to do a GoFundMe page to, to attract money for your tree planting project, having a great team profile is going to help propel your mission. So that's one of the things, as you're pulling things together, you can create that team profile. And the, the workbook has kind of the outline for doing that. Here's two big things that I want you to think about, which is the strategic planning forum and the day of action. So I'd like to use the example of what Dan Diaz has been doing in the Philippines. Um, what they do is they, they find a bunch of partners, they do a big training for their volunteers first, and they train them about the the day of action is then an intercoastal or a um, international coastal cleanup day. But instead of just having people show up and giving them, okay, here's a plastic bag and here's a thing to pick up trash. Instead, they start by training them. They train them on all the risks around pollution and the data they found in previous years. They train them on environmental laws, how you change laws, who's responsible for the pollution, where who's manufacturing the pollution what is we as consumers what are our decisions how is that all impacting it then they go out and do the cleanup from that perspective they're so better well informed and they understand the implications of what they're finding on the beach and after that they do a forum where they then meet with their city partners and they figure out what are some policies that we could be working on together and so that's what I want you to think about is to plan a day of action. Your day of action is a time for people to get together, do something visible, physical. It's tree planting. It's a cleanup. It's having some kind of event. And in that, you're getting other people's voices. People are starting to know, like, and trust each other. So then when you go into your strategic planning form and say, now what? What should we focus on? What should we do? that people are able to have those conversations together. Next is community organizing. This is just to remind you, you, it's not really about the projects. Don't get so hung up on what actual projects you're doing. Sometimes projects work, sometimes they don't. That's not the main thing. The main thing is that you're building this community, that you know each other, you know how to work together. So no matter what comes your way, whether it's a pandemic, a drought, a wildfire, um, schools closing, uh, you know, some kind of issue with food supply, you're able to work together to address it. Storytelling, if you're telling people what to do and you're not using stories, it's going to land on deaf ears. I mean, would you rather be told, okay, to help uh, pollinators stop using pesticides, plant more native flowers, or would you rather hear the story about how Dorothy bought this house from her whatever, and she converted the, the landscape in a year, and this is what she did, and she has a tour that she's offering. That second one is so much more impactful. Us humans were wired for storytelling, so make sure that you're using storytelling when you're conveying your information. Forming an organization, again, this is one of those things a lot of people think you're gonna do at the beginning, but actually you really just start working together and you're gonna run up against the limit where it's like, oh wow, we need to be able to accept money. Now we need to figure this out. 
So if you're part of some other organization, then you ask, how are we, can you set up an account for us so that we can accept money and spend money? Um, if you aren't, you could be part of a, you could be a fiscally sponsored project of an existing nonprofit. So reach out to the nonprofit um, uh, development organizations in your community and ask them who could be a fiscal sponsor for me. Otherwise, you can start your own business, your own nonprofit. It's up to you. Tech tools, getting a few of these things set up, like having a way that people can subscribe to your email list and unsubscribe is really important. People think, oh, everybody gets too many emails, but your email list is golden. Any, any digital marketer will tell you that your email list is gold. So, so think about that, figure out how you're gonna do that. You could start with a Facebook page, an Instagram account, um, but you're also gonna wanna get a website up at some point. The big why words, uh, this is something that if you're having a hard time attracting people, one of the things that you might be doing is you might be repelling people. Uh, in the book, there's a there's reference to a really interesting article where a Republican strategist talks about the words that Republicans use versus Democrats for talking about the environment. And, you know, uh, uh, Democrats might say, hey, it's about green jobs, but Republicans want green careers. And it's little things like that, that if you know the difference, we might talk about values, somebody else might talk about principles. If you know the, if you can dig into, be listening to people and understanding how they talk about it and use those words back to them, you're gonna be more successful. The wow factor is please don't make your stuff boring. You know, if there's a way that you can make your meetings more exciting, you can have more fun, you can uh, get more, you can get music, art, anything like that, then yeah, do that. And if you find that people are, you're asking people to spend extra time from their, their life to work on this with you, if it's boring, they're gonna disappear. So make sure you focus on, do that extra effort to do the wow factor, which leads right into Earth Day. If you're not doing something for Earth Day, it's like Hallmark not doing something on Valentine's Day. Earth Day is your one ticket where people are like, hey, what can we do? Uh, so there's a lot of details in the book there, but in your calendar, make sure that you're planning ahead to do something for Earth Day. Um, evaluate, again, you know, what we're trying to do here is be effective. So if you've done an event and you didn't evaluate, how many people did we have? Where did we get people from? How many volunteers signed up from that? How many actually took action? Um, or if you do a, a trash pickup and you didn't collect the data, and you can't report and you're not able to then later more easily influence the policy. So including that evaluation as part of your project is important. If you don't know how to do it, ask for help and find somebody that can help you do it. Recruiting leadership team members is so important. I've seen so many teams, you've probably been on teams yourself where you're cruising along and you everything's going great and then the one or two people at the top disappear and the whole thing falls apart this is uh not okay <laughs> if you're going to be doing this then putting a time in your annual schedule where okay in may we recruit new leadership team members this is going to force you to figure out what does it even mean to be on our leadership team is there an application process do we have people 
join our team for a couple months and see how it works, which I would highly recommend. Um, are there standards for being on your leadership team? What is expected? You're by having a specific time in the year that you're going to recruit people. It's going to for, it's going to force the other members of the leadership team to get together and figure out some of those details so that when you bring people on, they have clear expectations and that you find people that it's a good match. Um, and finally is reflect and relax um, because what, what you really want to make sure that you're doing is that when you're planning big events, you know, let's say that you plant a day of action, you plan a day of action, you plan a strategic forum. If you have time afterwards, let's get together and talk about how did that go. And then also the relaxing is to give yourself a couple months off so that your team does not get burnt out. The ripple effect is our friends in Kampala who are training people to do vertical gardening in the slums of Kampala are pros at this. So instead of keeping all the focus just on your team, when you do that, you have a limited impact that you can make. But instead, um, what Derek Mugisha does in Uganda, he trains people and eat, their mandate is now you start a team. In, uh, in Kampala, Trinity Forestry Service, Chris and Brenda and their team, they train someone and say, okay, we're going to come back in a month and you need to have trained five people by then. So this ripple effect is the way that we're going to explode and have that kind of massive transformation. So when you've got people on your team, then you want to be asking them, okay, what is a team that you can start? What can you go off and do? And so with your team, it might look like subcommittees to start with to do that ripple effect. Your promise review is when you come back and say, all right, I said I was going to do this in 90 days. How did it go? So understanding that you're going to be asking yourself this question is very cool. And what this is all about is, you know, your focus is that you're wanting to transform your community. But in fact, what you're going to be doing is transforming yourself. Because as we know, we cannot create change externally that we're not also experiencing internally. And lastly is this idea of mentor and mobilize. Now you've been through the process. Who else could you help? Where else can you see that people could start teams? So maybe you're doing it in your neighborhood and now you see, oh, wow, we could be doing this at the faith community. And we could also be doing it at the school. And so, and our city, our city could do this. Why don't we check with our city and see if there's a way that we could do this whole process and take it to the next level. Okay, so that is my speedy rundown of that entire thing. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and remove that. All right. Um, okay, so uh, thank you. And is there any talk about funding, writing? I think that means like about fundraising. Well, that's a very good question. And I'm not sure exactly who that, that question came from because I can't see it. Um, so when you're working with your partners, it's it's kind of like the, the, the uh, what am I trying to say? The advice for when you go to get a job, people want to just go to the website and apply, you know, on indeed.com or career builder, apply for jobs. But the truth is that 80, something like 80% of the jobs are never even posted on those sites. It's through the relationships that you're going to hear about it. And so that's why I think that 
if you focus on partners, on developing the partners, that that's where you're going to find the funding opportunities. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the fundraising is part of what you want to do in your annual plan. And when you set your goals of what you're going to need. Um, but, you know, honestly, as a young organization, you don't really know all that stuff to start with. So you can set high goals, but unless you have grant writers on your team, um, it might be hard to do. But you could you could put that out there and say we need grant writers on our team. Um, but the fundraising is really all tied in with that partnership development. Um, yeah, and Bill, I think that the the day of action understanding it's so that's the the thing of that you give them give people what they want, but you or you you sell them what they want, but you give them what they need. So what they want is like a one time day of action where they get out there with their families and there's a picnic and there's food and they're doing something. Wow, look at these trees we planted or look how clean this is. Um, but really, they don't long term. What they really need is this transformation, the transformation of themselves, understanding they have power and transformation of their community. So, yeah, you talk about it as a tree planting, but you know in the back of your mind that really what you're doing is this whole effort to to help launch uh, this 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 kind of massive movement of people that feel empowered to take action and create that kind of world that we want. All right. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Uh, I know that was super speedy. If you don't already have the book in the workbook, definitely go get them and you can work through it there. And we'd love to have you um, as part of the Climate Action Challenge. Uh, and with that, nice hanging out with you. Sorry I wasn't able to be as chatty today. Um, but I knew if I did that it would take forever <laughs> to get through. So thank you so much. And remember, the time for action is now because there is no planet B. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye, May. Thank you. Bye, Bill. Thanks.